0: I think I introduced myself, if you are new, my name is Chuck, I'm the pastor here at TFRC. Uh, This morning we're very excited to launch our new vision and direction for TFRC. It's been 20 years since our last vision process, and the vision of being a vibrant community, passionately modeling the life of Jesus Christ throughout the Magic Valley, has been a great vision for us. It gave us direction for ministry and mission, and we would not be where we are today without it. Now, we are not necessarily abandoning that vision. Rather, we are building upon it. You know, this summer, my family and I, we went to the Kennedy Space Center in Florida, and it was amazing to get an in-depth look at the NASA space program. Uh, We learned about the Apollo space missions. The most famous of those was Apollo 11, of course, because that's when we landed on the moon. Now, it was called Apollo 11 because it was the 11th Apollo mission. How creative is that, right? Um, Now, if it was the 11th Apollo mission, that means there were 10 Apollo missions before it. Each one of those 10 missions were building blocks towards the goal of landing on the moon. Apollo 11 built upon the work of the previous 10 Apollo missions to land on the moon. And so while Apollo 11 was the the first to land on the moon, every mission before it got credit for getting them there. There were a total of 17 Apollo missions, each one building upon the others. That's what we are doing with this new vision statement. We are building upon the previous one in order to get to the next place God has for us but we wouldn't get to the new one without the previous one. Now the process for getting to the new vision and direction is that the consistory appointed a group of eight of us to work on a new vision and direction for TFRC. It included myself, uh, Pastor John when he was still here, Jason Huff, Chrissy Griff, Brett Vriesman, Brooklyn Vanderstelt, Ann Lee, and John Van Vliet. And we spent a year actually a little more than a year, discerning what God was calling TFRC to be and do next. And we looked at things like who we are as a community of faith, who we think God is calling us to be as a community of faith. We looked at things that were going on in uh, our greater community, in Twin Falls and the Magic Valley. And one of the reasons why we looked at what's going on in our community is because God's activity is not limited to the boundaries of the church. And after a year of doing all of that, we concluded our work, presented our new vision and direction to staff and consistory, which was ultimately accepted and adopted by the consistory. Uh, Scripture was always on our minds through this process. And so let's start with Scripture this morning. Scripture today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 to 11. If you happen to have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. 1 Corinthians is about halfway through the New Testament. Uh, if you have your phones, I would recommend go ahead and get your phones out. Uh, Google 1 Corinthians 15. We're gonna be referring to that passage a couple times this morning. Um, our scripture reader is Scout Irby. Scout, go ahead and make your way on up to the podium. As he is doing that, I'm gonna ask if you are able, please stand. And face the center of our grass area I guess (laughs) and we stand for the reading of Scripture because we believe that this is the Word of God and so Scout whenever you are ready please read from first Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 11
1: according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are some living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I. But the grace of God that was with me, whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed.
0: Scout, very. thank you very much. You may be seated. Again, we're talking about new vision and direction for TFRC, and maybe the first question to ask is, why do you even need a vision and direction? Um, Many of you know that my family and I are big Disney fans. Uh, We love going to Disneyland. Uh, My wife and I actually got engaged there. Uh, We've taken many, many family trips to Disneyland. Uh, Just raise your hand. Have you ever been to any Disney park? So quite a few of you know what I'm talking about. Um, Do you know where Walt Disney got the vision for his theme parks? Some of you probably do. Walt Disney had two daughters. And when they were younger, Saturday was Daddy's Day. And so Walt would take his two daughters and they would go to a park and the girls uh, would play on the merry-go-round. The daughters would have fun playing and Walt sat on a bench eating peanuts, watching them have fun. And one Saturday, as he was sitting on the bench, he thought, there should be a place where parents and children can have fun together. There should be a place where parents and children can have fun together. That was Walt Disney's vision, to create places and experiences that parents and their children could enjoy together. And you see this at the parks. You see this in their movies. You even see this if you ever go to a Disney store. You can go to a Disney store and you can, in one section, buy a toy that shoots out bubbles and then turn around and be in another section where you can buy fine china and kitchen towels. Disney, parents, and children should have fun together. It's what Disney believed. It's what he rallied his people around. Parents and children, they should have fun together. That's the purpose of vision and direction. To give something to rally around. To give you a reason to do and be what you do and who you are. That's the purpose of vision and direction. So what is ours? What is it we believe? What is it that we rally around? Can we say it in two sentences or less that maybe you can all have memorized before we even eat lunch? Now, I adhere to the theory, not everyone does, but I adhere to the theory that the 12 apostles were teenagers when Jesus called them. Now, even if they weren't teenagers, they were younger when Jesus called them. And most of these young disciples were from tiny little villages. Peter, Andrew, James, John, they were from a village called Bethsaida. Bethsaida at the time was no more than 400 people. No more than that. Think Castleford. At least four of the disciples were from a place the size of Castleford. Jesus took these young disciples, walked with them for three years, training them in that time, and then Jesus sent them out in the power of the Spirit and basically said, go into the world and change it. And in the power of the Spirit, these kids from Bethsaida, went to places like Rome, and Alexandria, and Ephesus. It would be like taking a group of kids from Castleford, training them for three years, and sending them to places like New York City, and LA, and Chicago, and London, and Paris, and Moscow, and Tokyo, and Rio, and Cairo, and in the power of the Spirit, telling those kids from Castleford, go change the world. And they did. The world has never been the same. What did these kids believe? What did they rally around? What was their message? They didn't rally around the Ten Commandments. They didn't rally around Love God, love your neighbor. They didn't rally around, turn the other cheek. Now, to be certain, they believed all these things, and those things were core to their belief system, but it isn't what drove them. That wasn't their message. That wasn't what they rallied around. In the power of the Spirit, they went into the world and changed it, believing two things. Now, if you have your song sheets, if you turn to the very back of your song sheets, this is what they believed. They believed that the gospel was real. And they believed that the gospel changed everything. That's the conviction they took into the world. And the world has never been the same. It hasn't. The gospel is real. The gospel changes everything. Going back to the passage, if you still have it on your phones or your Bible's turned there, where it says in the first two verses, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved If you hold firmly to the word, I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Paul preached the gospel. The believers received the gospel. They took their stand on the gospel. They were saved by the gospel. They held firmly to the gospel. It's all about the gospel. And the gospel, that literally means good news. The good news is real. The good news changes everything. And so what is the good news? What is the gospel? Look at verse 3. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep, and then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. Christ died for our sins, Christ was buried. Christ rose from the dead. And after he rose from the dead, he appeared to Peter, that's who Cephas is. The 12, more than 500 at one time. He appeared to James, he appeared to Paul. For the early church, that was not just a nice story. For the early church, that was not some mystical philosophy. It wasn't a metaphor. For the early church, that was something that actually happened. Christ died for our sins. Christ was buried. Christ rose from the grave. That's the gospel, and they actually believed it happened. The early church believed the gospel was real and they believed that the gospel changes everything. Jesus dying for our sins, Jesus raising from the dead, it changes everything. Going back to the passage, verse 9, where it says, For I am the least of the apostles. in the book of Acts we read about Paul's persecution of the church and then how Paul had this encounter with the resurrected Jesus and he says, Paul says God's grace made the difference Paul says I work harder to promote the gospel I once persecuted because the gospel changes everything Paul was the personification of the gospel changing everything. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose from the dead. That changes everything. Now, I don't know. I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for the gospel. Jesus says, I have come to give life, life to the full, of all the things that I have in my life that makes my life full. My wife, my kids, my calling, my friendships, all the ways I volunteered in schools and in the community, any positive impact I've ever made on anyone is because the gospel changes me. It's changed me. Before the gospel, my vision for life my values, how I spent my time. It was all self-centered. It was all about me. And that path, that self-centered path, was not going to lead to any of the things that I have today that makes my life full. Christ died for my sins. Christ rose from the dead. And when I believed that, it began to change everything. Over 30 years later, it continues to change me. Paul said in the book of Romans, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel has the power to change you and me. The gospel has the power To change TFRC. The gospel has the power to change our community. The gospel has the power to change the world. Jesus sent his disciples out into the world in the power of the spirit. They were convinced that the gospel is real. And the gospel changes everything. And they brought that message into the world. And the world has never been the same. That is historical fact. The world has never been the same. The gospel's real. The gospel changes it all. And the danger in the church is to assume we always believe that. Now, I don't know if there was ever a time that you could assume that the gospel was the center of the church. But we surely cannot assume that today. We cannot assume the gospel. We must hold firmly to it. We must rally around it. It must be the driving factor behind everything we do. Every time we gather, we must be reminded the gospel is real. The gospel changes everything. We must be reminded of that every time we gather even if we have to put up a giant sign in the worship center or some crazy thing like that to do it we have to be reminded every time we gather and when it comes to our community and our world what other message does the world need to hear the world needs to hear the message of the gospel that Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead the world needs to experience lives transformed by the gospel if we are a community of people who rally around the message of the gospel and if we are a community of people changed by the gospel the Magic Valley will never be the same every part of the world that we reach out to will never be the same. The gospel's real. The gospel changes everything. How will that practically impact who we are? Because we believe the gospel is real and that it changes everything, there are eight directives that we're going to live by. These eight directives are going to drive everything we do. And they are biblical obedience, spirit-led, safe haven, meeting Jesus, transformed lives, missional impact, future-focused, ever-expanding. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to be unpacking every one of these. And as we do so, we will remember that we're going to follow these eight directives because of what is central to our faith that Christ died for our sins and that Christ rose from the dead. Imagine a community that fervently believes the gospel is real and it changes everything. And because of that, imagine a community where scripture is the primary lens we use to determine how we live. Imagine a community that follows the leading of the Holy Spirit in everything. Imagine a community that is a place for the lost and broken to find peace and healing through Christ and community. Imagine a community where unbelievers belong and come to faith in Jesus. Imagine a community that develops relationships to bridge gaps as we reach out into the world. Imagine a community that continually adapts to engage every generation. Imagine a community that is constantly growing in faith and ministry. How cool would it be to be a part of that community? People ask, how do we get there? Before we ask that question, let's ask this question. How cool would it be to get there? How exciting would that be? A community like this, that's our vision, that's our direction, that's what we want to become. And just so you know, we've already started. The staff has identified one new initiative in their ministry area to begin doing because of this vision. All sorts of ministry leadership teams have begun to identify one part of their ministry to do differently because of this vision the vision has already begun it's already begun to give us direction of what God wants us to do and become because Christ died for our sins because Christ rose from the dead the vision will no way be realized overnight and God will only give us one step at a time. God's not going to give us the whole roadmap. He's only going to give us the next step. And we must be faithful to each step as it comes. It's going to take time. It's going to take energy. It's going to take effort. It's going to take discipline. It's going to (laughs) take determination. But how amazing would TFRC be to become a community like that? It is not going to be easy. It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. And I said earlier, the vision should be two sentences or less that you can memorize by lunch. Let's see if that's true. Complete this sentence. The gospel is? The gospel See, you got it. You got it. Let's rally around it. If we rally around it, the magic valley will never be the same. Our world will never be the same. Pray with me, please. And Lord... We do ask for your spirit to indwell each and every one of us individually and for your spirit to rest among us as a community of faith. Lord, let us never grow weary. Don't ever let us grow weary of the truth of your good news. Lord, remind us all the time of the gospel and how it is not just a philosophy, Lord, but it's real, and Lord, how the gospel changes everything for us. Lord, let that be our rallying cry as we follow you into the future that you have for us. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.